0: Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Ali Warshawski, and today on our podcast, we are joined by Terrence Chang, president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities. Uh, you are coming up on your one-year uni- uh, anniversary of taking over this role, and we wanna speak to you on what the state is doing to increase workforce development at colleges. Of course, the labor shortage seems to be the topic of conversation these days. You are the solution. Terrence, welcome to the podcast.
1: Uh, no, pressure. no pressure. No pressure
0: at all. And you come from my neck of the woods. You were recently um, at UConn Stanford as the campus director, mm-hmm. but it's almost been a year now that you've been here. What mm-hmm. attracted you to this role?
1: Yeah, what? A, uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to Um, work for so many different institutions across the state Mm -hmm. that have a direct impact on communities on the folks in those communities right education is the driver of social mobility and social mobility includes having great careers Mm -hmm. right the ability to earn and just do the things that are going to bring you a good life and so um, we really manifested a great deal of that impact at UConn Stanford Mm -hmm. for five and a half years under my leadership, having this chance to work across the entire state to be able to affect so many different folks from so many different communities, help them to get those certificates, those degrees, to get them the life experience and the professional experience, and ultimately to get them working for great Connecticut companies and living their lives in Connecticut. So, um, to me, it was a no-brainer to take on this challenge, and it's just a real thrill.
0: And as someone who um, walks their dog past that campus every day it's been incredible to see it change over the past five years even having residence halls Mm -hmm. Um, but we're not here to talk about that we Mm -hmm. are here to talk about really the workforce shortage and how higher education is working to prepare students um, for their careers obviously higher education that's why people usually go to college Mm -hmm. right they've got their g their uh, dream job in mind but Now we're in this workforce shortage. Has that caused you to do anything differently at the colleges to not just better prepare, but maybe um, ways that people can maybe start working before they even graduate or go right into the career without applying for 30 jobs at a time?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll say that higher education has been changing for quite some time now, for more than 10 years. So the trajectory and what students want when they come to higher education has been changing. If you look at surveys, um, let's say 20 years ago, a survey of students would say, Why are you going to college? You know, getting a good job, having a good career is in the top five, but it's probably closer to like number three, number four. Now it's number one and number two. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it, right? Folks associate having a great education with having a really strong career and a strong job. So, how we have evolved and continue to evolve, and the crisis that you're talking about actually. Um, makes it incumbent upon us to accelerate those efforts. So how do you attach great experiential learning with the curriculum, with the classroom experience? So what we've been doing is attaching uh, that kind of internship, apprenticeship type work into curricula for some time now. But now how do we make that even more accelerated? How do we offer more credentials, like certificates, badges, uh, Amazon Web Services certificate, Google uh, Mm -hmm. certificates, and so on and so forth, along with a more traditional credential? So uh, we've certainly been amplifying those efforts, and we continue to push that every day.
0: And speaking of those workforce certificates, um, how about partnerships? And you just mentioned, I believe, Amazon and Google, Mm -hmm. but what are some other partnerships um, that maybe they sponsor a training program or they accept interns for specific colleges or maybe even reduce tuition? I feel like I've seen a lot of that where companies in Connecticut are like, hey, if you go here, we'll actually pay for your tuition to upskill you.
1: Yeah, so the challenge I would say has been that for a long time, we've let the landscape kind of evolve on its own. It's almost been too organic, where uh, we've let many partnerships kind of materialize in between institutions and those organizations. And what we're doing now across the state under the leadership of the Governor's Workforce Council and the Office of Workforce Strategy is really try to be very intentional about how we connect those opportunities and create those partnerships. So the Governor's Workforce Council's areas of concentration, healthcare, manufacturing, life sciences, mm-hmm. and business and IT, we're very involved in attaching ourselves to those opportunities and thus having connections to Hartford Healthcare or to um, you know, Black & Decker, mm-hmm. Pratt & Whitney. And so really trying to make those partnerships official to codify them.
0: Has it changed a little bit from the state schools reaching out to try to get um, like, hey Stanley Black and Decker, do you want our interns to them being like, hey, Western or Eastern? Do you have anyone you can send us? Has the dynamic changed a little bit?
1: I think the dynamic has changed um, subtly. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because we as a state and we as a system are evolving. And so what we're trying to do is get away from that siloed approach mm-hmm. when um, Western does its own thing and Southern does its own thing and the community colleges are each kind of pursuing different partners. Because when you talk to a, a corporate entity especially, mm-hmm. they don't want to get 15 phone calls. Mm-hmm. They want to get one phone call. Yep. right? And so what we're trying to do is create systemness. We're trying to say, hey, instead of... 50 graduates in a certain area we could probably get you 500 graduates in a certain Mm -hmm. area and really uh, create an amalgam of resource and opportunity that is even more impactful and beneficial to the employers
0: and hopefully eventually keeps those students in connecticut
1: absolutely absolutely
0: and manufacturing is a sector that has historically had a workforce shortage. Of course, the pandemic, the silver tsunamis, all escalated this. Right. But uh, Western Connecticut State University just opened a manufacturing center, correct? Correct. And what's the hope for this center and are there any other plans uh, for those around the state?
1: Yeah, so we have manufacturing operations at several of our campuses mm-hmm. at the community college level, and the uh, partnership between Western and Naugatuck Valley Community College, where the location that you're talking okay. about, obviously we're trying to have an impact with the folks in Fairfield County mm-hmm. and in that Danbury region specifically. Um, you know what I think we need to do is understand that manufacturing has evolved, mm-hmm. right? And we have this still unfortunate arcane idea of what manufacturing is, kind of like, you know, dark, damp rooms with big machines. And when we tour facilities and we show our facilities to elected officials and so forth, I mean, these are some of the most 21st century technologically um, advanced areas that we have across our system. They involve digital technology, they involve a manual precision, they involve a level of kind of uh, systems thinking and architecture that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, I think we need to continue to do a better job of impressing that upon folks who will find those opportunities, but then continue to do an even better job of connecting our graduates to those companies across the entire state.
0: Yeah, we've been fortunate to tour a lot of them because of this job and mm-hmm. a lot of them are not what you would think and just really high-paying high-skilled careers mm-hmm. and some of them have even gone to that four-day work week or different yes. types of shifts so it's not that 10-hour shift on a floor right. and um, there's definitely career growth uh, in manufacturing so that's Absolutely. awesome to hear now the pandemic also put a strain on the healthcare system which was yeah. once pretty competitive to get a nursing job. Now they're really hoping that you wanna be a nurse. Um, What is the state's uh, school systems doing to address that?
1: Sure, so we have um, over 200 credentials that we currently offer across all of our institutions at various levels, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that is a, a certificate, all the way up to a master's degree, over 200 credentials that will benefit you in the healthcare industry. That doesn't mean that that's enough. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we're getting folks into the field fast enough. So, what we're trying to do now is take care, uh, take advantage of programs that are either sponsored at the federal level or at the state level. Again, working with the Office of Workforce mm-hmm. Strategy and the Governor's Office. And then again, all of our partners the Connecticut um, Hospital Association, uh, Stanford Health, Hartford Healthcare and understanding their needs Mm -hmm. and really trying to, again, codify those relationships so that we know what they need, when they need it, and then really try to dovetail our graduates directly into that pipeline so they can hit the floors uh, as soon as possible to really help folks. So um, specifically, I think there is funding in uh, this year's budget Mm -hmm. that was just approved that'll allow us um, as a kind of a primary investigator of the opportunity to manage a set of funds that will give financial relief to students, also help us to create even more credentials that will accelerate our pace and our ability to get folks in the classroom, out mm-hmm. the classroom, and into the hospitals and the medical offices. So, you know, there's a lot of funding there, and uh, we're just happy to really be stewards of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, one of the things we hear the most is it takes forever to approve licensing and and everything. So anything you can do to make it faster, that would be great. Absolutely. Um and the community college merger, that's mm-hmm. pretty huge, happening yeah. July of next year, Correct. so you have some time before you have to really stress out too much about it. Yeah, um, we're 12, pretty stressed yeah, I'm now, sure. but now, but yeah. I'm sure, the 12 community colleges will be merged into the Connecticut State Community College, yeah. CT State, so yes. um, there'll be a new shirt you've got, you're gonna be able to rep, right? uh,
1: Oh, We're gonna have <laughs> plenty of swag, we'll make sure you get some.
0: So all the campuses are going to remain open. Correct. What does this mean then for students?
1: So the first thing that I think is going to be an enormous benefit is streamlined curriculum. Mm-hmm. So no longer will you have multiple programs of the same name with mm-hmm. different curricular requirements. Okay. And so those silos are all gonna get broken down. So think of one institution with multiple locations that allows a level of fluidity and flexibility, transferability mm-hmm. from a kind of physical location one to the other. And so that means that we are going to be able to give students uh, chances to do things that they couldn't do before, right? While taking down barriers. Part of that is the ability to gain more experiential learning. So one might begin their career, academic career at one campus, but then life changes. And we know this, right? So all of a sudden you find yourself in a different city. They don't have to transfer from one institution to another now. They can just start taking classes at the other location. At the same time, they'll also be able to take advantage of internships or mm-hmm. apprenticeships. Uh, we have a kind of pilot model right now with GE Appliance. Mm-hmm. They're opening up a new space, as you might know, in downtown Stamford. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 40,000 square feet. Our students from multiple campuses are actually a part of the kind of design and build out of that space right now and that means that different students from different campuses are able to kind of you know come together in this one location but now because we are a unified system of campuses we're going to have that much more fluidity and flexibility that will have more impact on the different institutions and organizations that want our talent so it's going to be really exciting the last thing i'll say is you know when because we see this in the data The traditional model used to be a student would go to one institution, maybe two institutions, Mm -hmm. try to get their degree within a certain amount of time. It's just not the case anymore. You know, folks move around a lot. They actually go to several institutions to complete their degrees. And so we think creating this kind of matrix organization, this network actually expands opportunities, takes down silos, takes down barriers and creates a, um, again, just that kind of fluidity, which is really beneficial Mm -hmm. to our people.
0: And probably more of an equity, too, to whoever Absolutely. is going. Absolutely. Are there any programs at specific state colleges that you think people might not know exist or you find extremely interesting? I don't know if WestCon has something that is like a unique program that you thought was cool or um, versus central.
1: I think all of our institutions, and this is what makes this um, this organization so amazing. Mm-hmm. Every single one of our institutions, even though we're part of a system, still has its own distinct location, its own distinct character, mm-hmm. it serves a very specific community. And again, just my experience in Fairfield County, um, that kind of fierce passion to support the local institution mm-hmm. exists for every single one of our 17 campuses. And so I find that to be thrilling. And I would say that each one of those institutions, whether they are offering you know, theater and fine arts, whether they're offering computer science and engineering business, data science, healthcare related. I mean, there are so many different things that are happening and our job is to plug as much of that into the communities as possible so that our value, our impact is really felt everywhere. And that's one of the things that I think when we get it all together and we are able to connect those dots, when CSCU is firing on all cylinders, you will feel the impact across the entire state. It won't just be in one community or in one town or one city. The whole state is really gonna tremble with that kind of impact, and that's exciting.
0: Fingers crossed, because I believe there's around 70,000 open yeah. jobs and yeah. um, we need people to fill them. So hopefully yeah. they're staying in Connecticut, going to school here, and then filling those jobs. Um, you know, again, you're almost at your one year anniversary. Take me five years down the road. What yeah. do you hope to be talking about then?
1: Gosh, um, there's a lot. I want to uh, see us maximize all of our opportunities. I would love for us to be able to create a kind of clearinghouse of jobs and internships, apprenticeships, really understand at the most granular level across the entire state at the push of a button, um, what our needs are per region, per organization, per field and then be able to have that symmetry between our academic and our curricular experience tied directly into that professional experience so that we would be able to say hey you know there are 2,000 jobs right now open in computer science and Mm -hmm. engineering i want to be able to look at the needs of the employers dovetail that directly into our curriculum and maybe able to say well gosh you know our curriculum is fine right now Mm -hmm. But a few years from now, it's not going to be uh, producing what our companies need, right? To, again, have that symbiotic Mm -hmm. relationship. I want to see as many of our students, again, working for Connecticut companies, um, living their lives in Connecticut. And I want us to feel a level of pride that I think we should and we do, Mm -hmm. but at an even heightened and even greater level. Right. Again, we are the engine of social mobility for this state. 70,000 students that come from Connecticut, educated in Connecticut, trained in Connecticut. They do work in Connecticut and stay in Connecticut, mm-hmm. but we need to amplify that even more, and we need to have an understanding that um, within a very crowded field for higher education, our folks do things and our system does things that no other institution of higher education can do. And I think that's going to be pretty magnificent once we reach that.
0: Well, in 5 years we will check back. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully make Come sure back that next happens. year. We'll see
1: We'll, you know, <laughs> keep, keep keep me accountable, keep all of us accountable.
0: And I have one um, really tough question for you. Can you name all the mascots of the colleges?
1: No, I can't. Okay. But but that's I can an tell answer. you. I can tell you proudly that uh, Westcon, who I'm kind of yes, uh, representing right today, now. They just changed their mascot after a uh, kind of tough two-year process, mm-hmm. right? Or they had a, a colonial as a mascot. Mm-hmm. You know, times have changed. Uh, we see that there are some serious concerns with such mascots, mm-hmm. and so they went through process. They're now the wolves. Okay. I'm very Western wolves. Yeah, the, the Western Connecticut good. Wolves. Mm-hmm. I'm very uh, excited to uh, see their new swag, <laughs> and I think it's a it's a chance to rally. Um, around that brand and to kind of build new traditions but I also think it shows that our institutions are evolving Mm -hmm. and understanding that society has changed and the way certain uh, kind of iconography may have impacted folks in the past that has changed as well and we have to adapt so I'm very proud of them for doing that.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and explaining that. I think it leaves us feeling a little bit more confident in the direction that our workforce is headed. And thank you for listening to this week's FizCast. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, YouTube. And for more episodes, you can also visit our website, cbia.com.